0: the guy who brought literally my sister brought him home i'd be terrified
1: All right, folks, how's it going? this game day. Thank God it's been such a long week trying to get here with all the build up surrounding Chase Claypool. We're eventually here. We're going to see what he's got, if he's going to be involved at all. We'll get any more detail on that later on. But uh, as I say, we're here for the next sort of 40, 45 minutes to, to build up to the game anyway. I'm joined by Kieran as usual. How are you doing, Kieran? I'm
2: doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh it's nice to be on this side for anybody that notices that Tony is hosting today. I was screaming my lungs off yesterday at Ireland and South Africa. So just in case my voice went, Tony is gonna do most of the talking. But look, it's it's good. We're finally here. It's been a busy week. We got to relive some of these trades that happened, and now we actually get to see what Chase Claypool can do.
1: And it was absolutely worth you getting that sore throat with the uh, result for Ireland as well against the mighty South Africa. But well, um, <laughs> listen, guys, we're not here to talk rugby. We're here to talk Chicago Bears. We're here to talk the Miami Dolphins. We talked about this in the last game, at the last show. The Dolphins don't like the cold, but unfortunately, it's not awfully cold in Chicago today in comparison to what it should be at this time of year. So whether or not that has an impact on the game, I don't know. But what we are going to do is we're going to talk about some of our main, main points coming into the game, um, certainly based on the things that have happened uh, in the last few hours. Um, obviously, guys, if you are listening over to, uh, to us over on Twitter or anywhere else, come on to YouTube, uh, get your comments, get your questions in. Uh, get your hype messages in, anything you want to sort of put over to us, and we'll we'll kind of break it all down. Um, so, yeah, we'll just jump right into the sort of main talking points approaching the game in just over 40 minutes. The big one is all what we've been talking about all week. You know, the big trade was made last week. You know, we've got Chase Claypool here. The wide receiving core looks entirely different from what it did before, and there's actually seems to have a bit of enthusiasm regarding wide receivers and what the Bears could do offensively, considering – how Justin Fields has emerged um, over the last sort of three, four weeks as the guy, apparently. So, Kieran, how much does Claypool contribute today? Does he contribute a lot? Is he only used in certain positions? What What is your kind of thoughts on it?
2: It's a tough one because I think normally in a very, let's say, a competitive game, I think you probably don't see him that often. Um, but the way this game is going to go, like, unless the defense plays remarkably better than last week, I just think there's going to be enough plays that's there for Claypool to be involved in, right? Like if, if we can get into the red zone, like you can't not have chase Claypool there. Like you need to have some of your big body guys there. You need to give, even if you're not going to throw him the football as much, even if he doesn't know some of the plays, if you use him as a bit of a distraction, it still opens up plays for other guys. So I don't know just how much we're going to see him receive the ball today. I don't know how they're going to integrate him in. I would like to see them kind of put him in, even if it's for the first couple of series. Give him a little of a bit of a break halfway through. Put him back in when you when you need him. And like we said, if you're going to be trying to get the ball deep, you want somebody to do a go route. He doesn't need to learn a playbook to know how to do it. Right, there's certain there's certain plays that every single offense runs and he's not going to need weeks and weeks and weeks to learn that. Um, And I think those are the type of players that we're going to see him be involved in. I don't think you're going to see him being involved in like 70, 80, 90% of the offensive snaps. I think you probably see him in between maybe like 15 to like 25. I think that's where the sweet spot is in week one. I think then week two, you might see him in 30 plus and then, from the third game that he's on, I think he's full go from there. And I think that's probably the safe bet. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing a bunch of snaps, even if they have no intention of getting him the ball on certain plays, because maybe it's not really what they've practiced. And it gives the defense something else to think about.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. You know, he might not be involved um, physically in every snap, but if he's on the field, then it certainly prevents that, um, you know, go to Mooney guy. You know, like, if, if we're going to Mooney, we're going to shut the Bears down and sort of the passing game. But if Clay pulls on there, it presents that threat that they could go to either side. Um, To be honest with you, like, I, I sort of feel like he might be involved a bit more than we expect today. I don't think it will be, Um, you know, when you get Nikhil Harry back uh, and he plays a few snaps or you get Vellas Jones Jr. back and he plays a few snaps. I think you're talking about a guy who's been in the league for the last two and a half years, um, has been playing week in, week out, He's got that um, sort of game experience that you can comfortably feel, feel sorry, comfortably rather about putting him into the offensive lineup today. And in certain situations, as you mentioned, see him make some sort of impact, but um, I think it will be a bit more than the other wide receivers we've seen come back from injury. Interestingly, the um, Miami Dolphins are giving up on average, about 260 yards in the air every game. Um, No, Obviously, you're kind of up against the Bears passing offense. So, you know, you, you're not looking at 260 yards from Justin Fields today, probably. Um, and that's not a slight on Justin Fields or the um, wide receivers or the potential of them, but more so on the uh, offensive line. But I think it'll be interesting to see the impact he makes. Um, I would love it if he come on and, and scores a touchdown. We talked about this the other day. Okay. Um, But, you know, it's like, like, like again, we went back to what we said before. Let's not give the guy too much pressure going into the game. Uh, Don't have too much expectation either, because at the end of the day, you're just going to get disappointed. And we've we'll talked about that on several weeks on this show. So let's just uh, let's just wait and see how it goes. Um The next sort of point I wanted to quickly move on to um, was just regarding the other side of the field for the Bears um, and Roquan Smith. So obviously he's left. He's gone to Pastures New. He will probably... Uh, I'm assuming he's going to get paid these money he's looking for from Baltimore next year, um, unless they just view this as a a short-term rental to try and push their Super Bowl uh, prospects. But that's a different story for a different day. The kind of discussion, Kieran, that's been going on over the last few days is what impact does it make on the the Bears' defense? We were absolutely slaughtered last week um, against the Cowboys. Um, And in terms of our defense in general, throughout the season as you know we've been absolutely horrendous we're giving up at least five yards per carry at the moment um so what if any impact does losing Roquan Smith make do they make scheme changes or do they just swap someone else in and hope they get better production than they were getting from Smith
2: based on last week I don't think you can get much worse (laughs) um but I think on previous weeks yeah you're gonna miss out on Roquan like at the end of the day he's an athlete in the middle of the field, which we don't have. I know a lot of people really like Jack Sanborn. I know a lot of people really like some of the other guys that can potentially come in. Will there be better fits for this defense? Yeah, sure. They they could be. But when it comes into guys that make plays, like there's not that many in the league that make just as many as Roquan Smith. So we'd be silly to sit here and say that the defense isn't going to struggle because they are. But that I don't think that necessarily means it's going to be worse, if you know what I mean. Like, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those that it's, can the sum of the parts do better than, than just when they, when you lose some of these individuals? And, look, it's, it's going to be tough to say. I don't think we're going to find out today because I think even with Roquan and even with Robert Quinn, I'd be quite pessimistic in terms of the defensive chances against this. Dolphins offense because it's not just Tyreek Hill it's not just a running game it's not just Tua it's not just having Jalen Waddle it's all of them together and then when you can stop one thing trying to stop another it's it's going to be a very difficult task I'm even worried about kind of Mike Gusecki at tight end I mentioned this earlier on in the week that we struggled quite mightily with Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys and Mike he does some similar things, but it's actually a little bit more athletic. So I'd be worried about those types of plays when, when you look at them as a whole. But look, I think this is one where defenders needs to step up. They need to work together. If they work together as a unit, I think you can be serviceable. And I think that's all we're looking for right now. If the defense for now can be serviceable, because look, we know changes are coming on the defensive line changes are coming at linebacker what i do want to see is i want to see the defensive backs have a good game i want to make sure that they are not the ones that are the reason why defense falls apart now if it's just there's no pressure on tua and suddenly there's a load of time for for these to be able to basically go and and launch it well then cool but at the end of the day i think it's it's one of those that look it is what it is it's one of those I I hope that we see a little bit better, but I don't know. Um can I ask a little question here? I may be wrong, but did the game start about thirty minutes earlier today?
1: Um no. Are they? Is it not six o'clock? Is it not one
2: o'clock kickoff? Oh sorry, it's um I think I had. I think the other oh, red zone came on by accident when I was trying to turn. We can, I'm like. I'm like. Why am I seeing? I'm like. Why am I seeing kickoffs come on right now? It's yeah. It's, that's my bad. Uh, it was. It went on week eight. I'm like, what the f- is going on here?
1: Anyway, folks, do not panic. We are not going. We're still live. I, 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 I was
2: like. I was like. The hell is going on here? I was like. I see a kickoff. I'm like. oh, that must be week eight. That's fine. I digress. Anyway, Jesus, about, right. the de- about the defense, right? Like, yep. I th- I think if it's just that the pressure is not getting there, kind of like we've, we've seen over time. And for the most part, guys have been covered. But then it's just if Tua has enough time to pocket, guys are going to be able to get open because you have Tyreek Hill, you have uh, Jalen Waddle, and you have other guys that can make plays there. I'm not going to blame the DBs. Mm-hmm. But if it's a miscommunication in the backfield, If it's Tyreek Hill getting a bunch of space early on because we're stepping too far back or guys missing assignments, that's where I'm going to be a little bit annoyed because there's no excuse for the DBs because that's going to be the group we're going to have next year right? when we want to try and start competing. So we need to see them do well. If the linebackers make mistakes, okay, most of them probably aren't on the team next year. If there's not enough being done at defensive tackle, okay, they're probably getting replaced next year. I want to see Dominique Robinson take a step forward. I want to see Travis Gibson. But losing Roquan Smith, losing Robert Quinn, it's clear there's going to be some sort of step back. We will miss Roquan. I just don't know in the long term if we do, but in this week, I think definitely, because I think the defense is kind of at a disadvantage here, because the Dolphins have one of the more potent offenses in in the NFL. It's not like when you're coming up against a team like, for example, Green Bay, and you know who you need to stop. You need to stop Aaron Jones, and you need to stop their running game, because nobody else is going to hurt you. Or you come up against the Vikings, you're like, our sole focus needs to be stopping Justin Jefferson. Can't do that against the Miami Dolphins. So I think it's going to be a tough game, and I think that's what's going to make it actually entertaining. We're going to be really annoyed when it comes to the defensive side of football, but I think on the other side of things if we're going to make this a game i think we're going to have to see good offensive football which look i think that's where fans are right now if we see the offense developing we know that's what the nfl is geared towards if you have a good offense cool and you need to bring in free agents and you need to sign guys for for your defense that can kind of complement an offense that you're trying to build up so Look, yeah, I think people are going to be pissed today based on the defense. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they have a great game. I I don't particularly see it just because of the matchup, but look, it is what it is. I think I think if as long as we see development from some of the young guys today, I think people will be content, kind of going forward with this team.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's that's what we sort of have to aim for for the rest of the year is is, is progress in all aspects. Um, interestingly, I mean, we'll, we'll quickly talk about the offense for for miami you know Ty- Tyreek kill 961 yards two touchdowns on the year so far but only in week nine jalen waddle 727 yards five touchdowns in the year that's where their attack comes from bears past defense giving up seven touchdowns so far this year also got seven interceptions um <laughs> in terms of the, bit, the, the past defense has not been really horrendous um averaging 188 yards per game in terms of what they're giving up in the air um, there is a way where you know um you can you can look at you know neutralizing some offenses whether or not they can do it with with this kind of um duo of wide receivers uh, is another story um it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in terms of the Russian offense for the dolphins on the ground obviously you know uh, most there's a guy that we're familiar with is their their main sort of threat 450 yards so far this year on the ground 5 yards per carry um the, the bears are actually given up twelve they've given up twelve hundred yards on the ground and fourteen touchdowns on the ground so far this year. That's where we've lost our games. You know, if they manage to shore that up then then you know you're looking at a very different record. It really is. It really is. is. And I to honestly I don't think you know removing for me personally moving removing Roquan Smith from that equation makes a hell of a a difference to be honest with you. I think we still give up those sort of yards. So you know it'll be it'll be curious to see how they kind of set themselves up um in this game. Um, and 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 especially the personnel change at that will linebacker spot and the and, and Michael linebacker spot and what's going to happen there. So um I'm eager to see the lineups as, as they come out. Um moving back onto the sort of offensive side of the field um two kind of big um news points uh, going into the game. First one is one that's just come out is that Velas Jones Jr. will be a healthy scratch. Now as fans we were calling for uh, Velas Jones to be getting more snaps um you know we were begging for making back from the the injury setback he had at the start of the year since he's come back he's been pretty disappointing um and fair enough he's a rookie and there's a learning curve there but to be a healthy scratch at this point as a third round pick is that a damning move or do you think it's maybe an overreaction to look at it that way i
2: think it depends if it genuinely is a healthy scratch and like Ibra comes out later and say, and essentially says that, well then, yeah, it is damning. You're a third-round pick, you're not injured, and you're not dressing. Like, it, it, It's damning in terms of where he was selected, but it also shows that the coaching staff saying, if you don't play well, you don't play. And you kind of want it. You want your team being a meritocracy that if you're not playing well, then somebody else can come in and take your place. And look, for too long we have said draft position, money, and i have dictated who gets to play, which shouldn't be the case. It should be whoever plays the best and gives you the best chance to win is going to play. But, yeah, of course, if he is a complete healthy scratch, and like I said, we all assume he is because he wasn't on the injury report, but we don't know anything could have happened, right? Like he could have got injured this morning. He could have been going like walkthroughs earlier on today and pulls a hammy or something like that, and that's a completely different story because then he's been injured for most of the year, and you still have the same conversations. But I think we can up if you're if you're determining the first year, I think you can say he's the most disappointing draft pick that the Bears have made because he's one that you expected a little bit from. Like I didn't expect him to start because third round picks, I always say first and second round picks need to play. I need to play substantial time. Third round picks need to be contributors. Fourth round picks, if they can give you some sort of contribution, cool. Fifth round picks need – fifth, sixth, seventh round picks need to be solid special team players. And that's the way I always see the draft going. The fact that he's not been a contributor, but realistically, if let's say we signed him as a free agent and he wasn't drafted, does he deserve to be on the active roster for game day? I don't know, like he's cost you two games. Now, he's had some nice plays, but he's not really involved in the pass attack. Like at the end of the day, he's, he's been involved in the end of rounds and that's it. And unfortunately, when you're only that, when teams see you on the field, they kind of know what's coming. So, exactly. Exactly. I, and I said this with bringing in Claypool, the good thing about it is maybe it eases some pressure unveil us to where he doesn't have to play now sit back learn if you're not ready sit back and learn and then come in and get brought back in when you are ready because unfortunately he doesn't look it like i it's really annoying because i was hoping that he would be something like where he doesn't have to be like a top of the range receiver just somebody that can be a contributor, you know, like when you get a free agent signing and they come your like third or fourth receiver, they get some important catches here or there. That's what I was kind of hoping that he would be, but he just hasn't. And I feel bad for him if he's not injured and he has been a healthy scratch. But like this, it might be a bit of a kick in the ass, and we're like, come on, you've got to play better. If you, he's he might not be practicing well, and that could be a reason as well. Like we know what Ibaflus has said before. So look, hopefully. If he's not injured, that this is a bit of a wake up call for him to be like, look, you need to get your shit together. If he is injured, hopefully it's not a long term thing because look, you want everybody to be available. And it's never a good thing when your third round pick from this year isn't available. Right. And look, hopefully, hopefully we get to see him come back very soon.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note of someone coming back, we've just been joined by Seth. How you doing, mate?
0: Doing well. Sorry, I had to unmute myself there for a second. <laughs> got somebody's got to be the then. the one to keep that alive. Doing well. How are you guys
1: doing today? We're doing good. We're just um, breaking down some of the the kind of latest talking points. Um, what's your thoughts on Vellis Jones Jr. being a healthy scratch? Surprising.
0: I it's definitely surprising, um, but I kind of like it. Um, it it really shows that doesn't matter if this this staff drafted you if you don't put up. And, and put up the things you need to do and, and get the things done, you won't be on the field. And I think that sets a, a message to everyone. They're like, oh this was like you know a third round pick from you know the, the first draft class and they're like nope. On the bench you go.
1: Yeah and that's it. It's um it's admirable if you're able to put um the the sort of draft position aside and, and make a decision based on the production that you're getting Um, obviously we're, we're speculating at this moment in time because we don't know the real reason as to why he's not playing as as kieran said it could be something that's happened today um and it's down as a healthy scratch because no actual injury has been diagnosed yet but we'll wait and see how that materializes um kind of going in the next week and the weeks after the other point uh, regarding the offensive um lineup is that we see the return of cody white here today now, obviously, the offensive line um, has been has been pretty bad for the most part um, in terms of pass pro. Um, running the ball has been different. However, obviously, you still need to watch the the tape, and when you do, you can see there's a, a shit ton of mistakes happening there, uh, particularly from that interior uh, part of the offensive line at center. Um, what kind of impact, um, and I'll come back to you on this again, Seth, as we just joined, but what sort of impact do you think the return of Cody Whitehair is going to make today? Do you think he slots back in at guard? Do you think at some point he could be like a potential replacement at centre if we don't see Lucas Patrick back? We've seen what we're getting from Sam Mustafer. And in my opinion, it's not enough. Uh, he shouldn't be a starter on, on that team at all. But in terms of today, do you think it makes a, a huge impact to the game? And in terms of protecting Justin Fields and getting that passing game going,
0: I, I think it definitely makes a, a big impact. He's the best lineman on the on the team, <clears throat> uh, if you count out Devin Jenkins' potential in terms of where he is right now. He's the best offensive lineman, and he's the best in terms of just knowing exactly what needs to be done. He's a leader on that line, and he's somebody who also you know can help Justin with those you know line checks. He hasn't really had somebody over the past few weeks who can really work with him on those things. Yes, Sam Mustafer is smart, but you know, there's lots of tape and lots of coaches who've said how smart white hair is and, and how you know valuable he is in that. And it's, it's invaluable to have something like that in the huddle, you know, like that they can have real time feedback from each other of like, Hey, you know, on this next one, they're doing this, let's change it up on this protection. And, and having a guy like that back is going to be, I believe massive um, still have the issues at center. And uh, I saw Reef is, is starting to tackle. So it'll be interesting to see how they gel as a whole uh, with basically two different starters from the from the norm. But um, I think it could be a good thing. We just got to, gotta yeah, wait and see.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the other sort of talking point in terms of Larry Bodum getting back into the team after his concussion layoff. And I'd said, when he came out, that he will not get back into the starting lineup because he's been playing at a level which isn't good enough in my opinion um i, and I know obviously he's still learning as he goes but um i think you've seen right away the difference that riley reef made at right tackle last week um and i think it'd be crazy for them to just remove that kind of improvement and go back to boredom in the hope that it gets going again and i think especially considering the, the sort of injury that he came back from as well, it might even be worth just letting him sit for another couple of weeks and and learn as we talked about with Ellis Jones Junior as well. Um, Kieran, in terms of Borum, uh, Borum, then what what are your kind of thoughts on that? Do you see him getting back into the lineup at some point down the line, or do you think that's him pretty much done bad in some sort of injury?
2: Um, injury, yes, but also performance. I think if Reef plays the way he did last week, there's no way in hell he's getting back in. Because Reef just played a better football game. That's the reason he's in there. Like It's the same thing with when we talk about Valus. It's all about if you deserve to play. And unfortunately, Borum didn't. Look, Tony, we've said it it for a long time. In an ideal world, Borum is a swing tackle because he wasn't ready to be playing week in, week out. I like him. He's He's a good dude and stuff like that. And he's an adequate tackle in the NFL. But people trying to trick themselves into saying that he can be a dominant tackle in this league are just, Fooling themselves and whoever they're saying that to, and um, because it's just not true. And at the end of the day, I've always said it. For me, Boreham looks a little bit soft. He doesn't look like an angry lineman. Like I want, especially your right tackle. I want my right tackle going after someone and like shoving them into the ground. When they get back up, push them back down. That's what I want to see my tackles do. And look, he doesn't do that enough for me. He's not angry enough for me. He's like he look three. He's decent in terms of his, I guess, his pass blocking. But again, I want him being a bit more ferocious. You don't. It doesn't seem like it hurts him when you're when his quarterback gets hit. But when I always remember, like some of the great kind of linemen that we've had, like Alden Cruz, even recently, Kyle Long, he was pissed with himself when Cutler got sacked. That's what I want to see from some of these guys. Like you can say everything that you want about Sam Mustafer who was who was sucked, but when he when the quarterback gets sacked he gets in the defenders faces because at least he's in and involved in the game so yeah look i said it last week riley reef had a better game and then larry borum and i think it would be unjust for larry borum to come straight back in if reef had a better game and i think that's that's where we are right now but look i think i think it's gonna be interesting to see because i think again offensive line this week's gonna be real tough because the dolphins have a pretty good rush and i know a couple of the guys that maybe may have not played for them this this week as they're on the injury report are all active so it's uh it's gonna be a tough one for the bears
1: yeah absolutely um and just very quickly in case anyone hasn't seen it the uh the bears are inactives obviously we've talked about Velas jones jr uh alex leatherwood continues to be an active but talking about offensive line he is a guy that we could maybe look at coming into this team and making an impact at some point towards the end of the season. um, Maybe not even, depending on how Riley Reif's playing, they might just want to see what they can get from him at right tackle, or even if they want to look at playing him inside at guard. Um, I always said, I always looked at him as a guard. I know they've been letting him practice at tackle, um, but it might be, might be somewhere to kind of look, especially if you've got the problem at centre. And, you know, I was never a big fan of Cody White here coming in at centre. But I'd maybe rather have him than Sam Mistifer. Um. So even if you had him there and Leatherwood playing in the guard position, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see what happens in the future with that. Jatir Carter's another guy that we could look at in the future as well. But those are the enactors for today anyway. Jake Tonjes on there and Lamar Jackson as well. Not the QB. Um. So no... Other than Veles Jones Jr., there's no real surprises there. But one thing I wanted to quickly talk about, we're going to go on to our predictions in just one minute, Um, but it was just in regards to uh, your name on here, Kieran. Dolphins can't run. Now, if you look at the sort of stats for the the, the Dolphins in the air, great, looking absolutely fantastic. Um, But at the moment, they're only running about 88 yards per game uh, on the ground. As I say, that's probably going to change this week. (laughs) <laughs> probably gonna change this. But it's one of those situations where the Bears we've talked about already, Bears' passing defense has not been horrific. Bears rushing defense has been. Um, but in terms of the positives of the offense of Miami, it's a sort of other way around. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And obviously, I've asked Kieran already, uh, Seth, but I wanted to ask you very quickly, uh and if you can give me an answer in less than one minute, that'd be fantastic. I'm conscious of time here. <laughs> um, if uh, if you see there being a huge difference to the running defense for the Bears um, with the loss of Roquan Smith today?
0: I, I don't really see there being much of a difference, positive-wise. It's, it's you when you lose somebody like that, somebody who makes all of those tackles in the second level. Yes, he's not getting off blocks, but when they do get past that first, you know, like wave of defensive line, then he's there. And there's something to be said. Like somewhere along the line, it seems like we lost the fact that Roquan is a tackling machine and a, and a really darn good player. You know, missing that is gonna is gonna hurt. You know, I'm I'm really big on Jack Sanborn. Have been since the off season. But it's not like he's gonna come in and be Brian Erlacher and just start ripping no. people apart, you know? Yeah.
1: No, that's fair enough. You know, you're looking at at this point where he's got almost ninety tackles combined, um, at this point in the season. So it was it was certainly trending in the right direction. But um yeah. We'll wait and see what happens. It's next man up mentality, as I always say. So we'll just, uh, we'll see if these guys can go in and and stake a claim. Uh, What I want to move on to just now before we start talking about the rest of the games is just our predictions for this game. So um, we'll start with our bold predictions. Kieran, is there any sort of wild uh, thing that you're going to anticipate coming out of this game? I think I know what you're going to say based on what you've been saying for the last week, but I'm going to act surprised when you tell me anyway. Ready?
2: Dave Montgomery run. No. Jesus. <laughs> no, it is. I'll not leave it to the first play, just in case. But play action. Justin feels bomb. Play reception. Touchdown. Fans go wild. We leave. And that's all we care about.
1: That's how we finish the game off. That's, that's the winning. The that's the winning touchdown on the last play of the game as well. That's an ideal scenario. I like speak, it. Speak
2: like it, it into existence. Speak yeah. it into existence. There we go.
1: It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Uh, Seth, you get anything more realistic?
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go even, <laughs> even less realistic. Uh, I, I think it. the Bears more secondary. More <laughs> I think the Bears secondary is going to stifle Miami in a way nobody else has really been able to because I think the athleticism that Kyler Gordon has and the improvements he's making, and you guys know, I've been the first one to criticize him every step of the way, so it means something when I'm saying that. Um, I think Jalen Johnson has struggled since being back, and I think he's going to come into this game knowing he has to play better, and there's just something about the put-up or shut-up. Like They know the run defense is going to be worse, so now the pressure is going to be on them. Because it's not as though Miami can't run the ball. It's just they don't have to. When you got a guy on pace for over two thousand yards and the second guy on pace for almost sixteen hundred yards, what does it matter how many yards you run for when you can do that? You know. So I think they're gonna do some 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 solid coverage. I mean, obviously, there's only so much you can do against Tyree Hill, but I think they're going to play better against this skill group of jalen waddle joseki and hill than anybody has this season
1: fair enough that's fine um i'll throw mine in uh so at the moment miami are giving up 4.3 yards uh on the ground per carry to running backs but they're giving up 5.5 yards to quarterbacks on the ground it sets us up well we've seen justin fields what he can do on on the ground i think justin fields runs for over 80 yards rushing today and a touchdown uh, on the ground as well, um, and that might not seem overly bold considering on how he's been playing, but it's that consistency to be able to keep doing it week in and week out, which is going to be the impressive part of it. So that's my bold prediction, uh, Kieran. In terms of the score, then are we winning? Are we losing? What's happening? He's building suspense here. We, we win. I like. I it. have us winning this. I like the positivity
2: mainly because it's the games that the dolphins are expected to win that they end up struggling in and it's the ones where you're like oh yeah this should be an easy win for them and i don't know if it's that they get a bit complacent or they don't they aren't expecting something but those are the ones that they struggle in and look if 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 what sets us happens, well, then I think the Bears could definitely win this game. I think it's going to be limiting the Dolphins offense. If they're able to do that and look, you can do that many ways. You can make sure that you run the football. You make sure that you're getting third downs and, and I I guess have a good third down efficiency. And when you get to the red zone scoring, um, I think if the Bears are able to do that, yeah, they definitely have an opportunity to win, but they're going to have to score points. So, in terms of a scoreline, I have it. Let's go Bears 33, Dolphins 30.
1: I mean, see if we managed to score 30, 30 points again this week. I am going to be jumping for joy regardless. I think of we do. I think we yeah. do. It's not responsibility. Even if we lose, I
2: think we score 30 points.
1: Guys, um, get your um, predictions in the chat box. We'll put them up on the screen before we sign off today. Uh, Seth, score prediction from yourself, man. Are you as optimistic as Kieran?
0: It's changed every about Go 10 it. minutes. Um, <laughs> before before today, when we made our predictions, I had Miami uh, winning 35-21. But after my bold prediction, screw it. Bears are going to win this. Let's do this. 35-21.
1: 17. Oh! 17? There we go. That should have been your bold prediction, never mind your score (laughs) prediction.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, listen, I'm going Bears win as well, and the reason I'm going Bears win is for the same sort of reason that you you mentioned, Kieran. I think we can score points. Now, I think we will also lose a, a lot of points, but... The name of the game is to score more points than your opposition. Now, looking, as I I talked about this on the the show the other night, um, the the Dolphins are averaging 22 points per game. Now, that's taken into fact the amount of yardage that the the road receivers are picking up, but they're still only averaging 22 points a game. They've only had two games this season where they've scored more than 21 points, um, and those have been the sort of outliers In terms of bringing their average up more than than it has been so at home bears fans are optimistic the team is optimistic i think we can score points and i think that they will score points as well but and i think it might be one of those high scoring games um but i'm hoping we have that last minute field goal that just takes us over the line um and, and and we pick up the win so i'm going bears 33 dolphins 31 uh so um let's let's um let's see how this this thing shakes out Seth clearly changed his uh, prediction there's now Bears 73 Dolphins three you know I ain't got on board with that man uh, I'm disappointed we've given up the three points but you know you can't win them all um so that's fine um what we're going to do then is move on to the um other games um just within the last kind of Five minutes here before we sign off um so i'm just going to pop this up on the screen here so these are the irish bears yeah, shows why do you
0: have the dolphins winning hey i, I said i you changed see? my mind can we superimpose we see super <laughs> <C> over that
1: <laughs> <laughs> this this has been our our kind of speech over the last kind of 45 minutes kieran this is totally all the predictions of many people out there i'm sure who yes. thought the dolphins were going to win up until Forty five Se- minutes. Seventy three three. Yes. You're okay. welcome. You're welcome. So obviously we've only got five minutes here, so we're we're, we're not going to go through everything in, in huge detail. We've talked mm-hmm. about the Miami Dolphins game. Uh sorry, Miami uh Bears game. Um I'm gonna look at some of the ones where we're sort of humming and hawing over it. And I'm gonna start with the uh, NFC North uh match, Green Bay at Detroit. Uh majority of us have actually went with the Lions uh in this. Seth, you're the only one Apart from No, uh, but he's not here, so I'm not going to pick on him. Who have chosen the 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 Cheese Packers? Um, so, what's what's your thinking there? Do you think that they they kind of end this losing streak? Because I know that I know the Lions are a bad team, but I would argue the Packers are also a bad team.
0: <laughs> well, it just seems like every time something like this happens, where it's like, you know what, this seems like the game the Lions win. That a the Lions outlines themselves and will find a way to throw, like, six interceptions. Because it's not – like, Green Bay has a decent defense. They're just not playing up to the the level of talent they have. Um, and Detroit being on a really kind of downward spiral as of late. But also, doesn't this just kind of feel like one of those games where everyone's dogging Aaron Rodgers extra hard, and then he comes out and goes, like, 21 for 25 for 300 yards three touchdowns and just annoys all of us for the rest of the season
1: yeah i mean th- th- it's just, it's certainly a possibility um i just i just don't buy in the, that team at the moment um and i feel like especially after we gazumped them for uh the trade for for claypool i think they're sort of on the back foot at the moment um We'll wait and see. You can't rely on the Lions for anything, but um, I'm certainly going to go in that direction anyway. Um, Kieran, uh, the other game I want to talk to you about was the uh, LA Rams-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Now, everybody across the board have went with the Rams here, uh, but you've got the Bucs, uh winning at home. Um, do mm-hmm. you think the Bucks are... I mean, they've, they've looked pretty iffy for most of the year. Um Arguably uh, you could see the same for the Rams. Yeah. But uh what makes you what makes you think that the Bucks will pick this one up?
2: It's very simple. Every time I pick the Ram every time we pick the Rams they lose. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm not doing it anymore. And I guess one that's honestly like both teams have been way below expectations. And I've I've kind of been strategic that yeah, every time I pick the Rams they lose. But also Chris Godwin is on my fantasy team, and I'm like hoping that he he does something today. So that's basically what I did there. Um, just to go back onto what Seth was saying about the Packers as well, I just thought it was very funny. Everything, obviously, about Chase Claypool, but it came out today as well that they offered a first-round pick for DJ Moore that got rejected. They offered picks for Jerry Judy that got rejected, for Chase Claypool that got rejected, for Darren Waller that got rejected. It's a good time to be a Bears fan just watching them crumble. And it would there'll be nothing sweeter than them already going absolute apeshit, but for them to then lose to the Lions, even if the like I hope the Lions play like crap and still win. That would be the icing on the cake. <laughs>
1: Yeah, listen, man, I I genuinely hope that that's the way it goes. I think the problem with the Packers uh, is, is they've, they've tried to make all these trades and the teams that they're trying to trade with have done their wide receivers a favor by saying, no, you're all right, it's fine, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to send you to this hellhole situation where a guy who just throws his team under the bus and – you know, you know the drill. I don't want mm-hmm. to talk about them too much. Let's yeah. uh, let's, let's move, move on. <laughs> yeah, Seth. Uh, just uh, quickly, another uh, game that we've seen the Seattle obviously make a, an unexpected resurgence this year um, under Geno Smith, and the team are looking pretty decent um, at Arizona this week. Uh, you've gone with uh, the Seahawks to continue uh, there. Obviously, there's been a bit of a discussion across the board with three guys in the, the group picking the Cardinals for some reason or another. I don't quite understand that one. But anyway, uh, Seahawks, do they continue to, to kind do what they've been doing?
0: I, I think so because they've kind of recaptured the essence of what made them successful in the first place. Um, like when they were winning their Super Bowls, it wasn't as though Russell Wilson was destroying everything. They had an incredible run game, an incredible running back, and a really good controlled defense. And that's kind of what they have right now. They've got arguably the best rookie running back in the game right now. Geno Smith playing like he's back in college, just lighting lighten it up. And that defense um, – has been remarkable especially when you consider do, do they have three rookies starting on defense like two of them in the secondary yeah mm-hmm. and they're playing lights out um it, it's been remarkable i don't think it's something that can continue um i just think there's been two new uh too many new video games out for kyler murray to have his head in the playbook so i think he's he's kinda, playing call
2: of duty yeah
0: 100 <laughs> percent, and not with his team like uh
2: like the Chiefs. No, he's, he's probably playing with like tyree hill or something
1: <laughs> right guys uh thanks very much for that quick breakdown we've just got a bit over a minute before the game starts just very quickly get a couple of your predictions up here leo has got the bears winning 31 27 uh bruja our main man has got the bears winning 34 31 We've got a lot of these kind of higher higher than 30. I love the fact that everyone thinks we're going to score 30 points every week. It's fantastic. And then we've got Safe who who is playing it safe. Uh, we're a 27-23 win um, for Chicago as well. We'll wait and see what happens. I'm interested to, to kind of see how the offense looks, if Claypool gets a look in, how Roquan's removal is going to impact. There's so many questions. We're going to be live after the game for a post-game show. We'll be tweeting during the game as well. Um, so you can get on and uh, interact with us as we piss and moan in uh, it for one second. And then in the next minute, we're jumping for joy. But that's what it is to be a Bears fan at the moment and pretty much in general. So again, guys, thanks very much for joining us for the pre-game show. Um, as I say, I'm pretty sure we'll be back on immediately after the game. Uh, we'll wait and see how things goes. But, but as always, please like, subscribe. Um, Tick the notification uh, icon as well so that you get notifications of when we go live. Um, Tell your friends about us. Um, And obviously, until we see you in about three and a bit hours, all we can say is bear down. Bear down.